Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Bregman would like to get him to scamper home. Two on, two out. Tenth inning. That's in the air to left. Here comes Fisher. Throw by Ethier. Astros win it. A deep dive on baseball. Wade Boggs is a Hall of Fame third baseman. The man's a legend. And much more. He drank 50 beers on a cross-country flight and then absolutely destroyed the Seattle Mariners the next day, okay? <laughs> the number of beers is actually highly disputed. Some say 50, some said as many as 70 beers. Which is an absolutely insane amount of beer. Nobody can drink that much. Not with an attitude like that. Now here are your hosts for the Hot Corner, Patrick Harris. The seven-foot kid that strokes it with the acne on his back. Then Mike Lynch. Excuse me, he looks really hot. On 1080 The Fan. Welcome into the Hot Corner. For it must be a Wednesday. It is a Wednesday. Or it's always a Wednesday. It's a playoff Wednesday, and both of us don't have any playoffs to care about anymore. (laughs) What are you talking about? I love baseball. (laughs) I do too, but it's hard sometimes. (laughs) Mike Lynch joining me. Joe Fisher behind the glass. This is the hot corner. We do this bad boy every single Wednesday night. Playoff edition. Right? That's exciting. Yeah. We got ourselves an entirely set AL and NLCS already. We're in the final four. We got two sweeps. We got a four-gamer and a four-gamer. Basically four sweeps. Basically four sweeps. I think if you watched all of those, nobody thought uh, they were really going the distance. (laughs) No offense to anybody. I uh, Speaking from a man who was swept, no offense to anybody. Who was swept in the second worst sweep of of the DS. The Rockies barely scored, so... Yeah, but those games were kind of close. No, they weren't. They were a lot closer than ours. Yours were close for seven innings and then stopped being close. Oh, yeah, quickly. Yeah. Like, that makes me feel really good. It's like, let's watch six innings of baseball and be like, oh, man, we got a chance. Oh, man, we got a chance. Oh, God, we suck. (laughs) (laughs) What does Rob say all the time? Good gravy, we suck. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I felt the whole time. (laughs) We got this great bullpen. No, you don't. (laughs) Well, we watched the game together on Saturday and... uh... Look at all these great guys we got. No, you don't. You were, you very quickly went from cheery, excited baseball fan to screaming bleep in the middle of the of the tap room. Yeah, well, that's what's great about drinking beer and in a you know in a collective environment, I suppose. Yeah, 
Although your buddy who was there with you, who's also an Indians fan, was like, Patrick, no cursing in this place, please. I, I know, which is hilarious because <laughs> it's like it's like a Blazer game in late October and someone's like, come on, man, you suck. That guy's a bum. Let's get him out of here with a lot more expletives. Uh, yeah, we do, we do make that. We do call that place the little res. Yeah. We watched uh, every playoff game that I wasn't at there for the Indians in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> nice not so humble humble brag <laughs> i know right i had to throw it in it's the only thing i've got now did you watch us play <laughs> i did yes trevor bauer forgot how to pitch well hey man he had to come in in the stretch he's not used to it he also has a late contusion come on mike quit being oh, insensitive a little boo-boo yeah i'm not being insensitive it sucked uh, i understand now fully it sucks I know. I wish I was an Indians fan because, boy, Alex Bregman, he is sexy. <laughs> you texted me in game one. one. Yeah. Bregman hit a solo home run. And you went, I started cheering and went, wait, <laughs> I can't do that. I do like Alex Bregman. I told you. I, I don't, said, you know what? I don't really like Alex Bregman. Why not? There's something about him that rubs me the wrong way. And then he pulled the privileged white dude. No, but it's just like his his face. His oh, face you just bothers don't like me. His face. That's no. how I feel about Jose Altuve. I'm <laughs> like, I just don't like your face. No, but what it is, and it happened recently. I was kind of neutral on him. He basically said, "I don't understand why there's no premier coverage for us. We're so good." And it's like, dude, because the best rivalry in baseball is the other series. No wonder you're not going to get the coverage you want. Fair. Relax. Fair. However, Stop putting the chip on your shoulder, defending World Series champion. However, defending World Series champion is playing a game on the West Coast at 1030 in the morning on a work day. No, they're not. Yeah, they did. They're in the central time zone or the eastern time zone. Yeah, but Monday, the game, or Wednesday, no, no, it was Monday. Me and my buddy Tyler, we had to watch the game at 1030 in the morning. Right, which was 130 local time. That's still terrible. I know, but I'm just saying, don't play the chip on my shoulder game, Alex Bregman. You were the defending World Series champions. Yeah, Dodgers, Braves, no one cares about you. You can be in the day. Oh, no, got to put Dodgers on at night. Well, that's because it was the only West Coast team. Okay. So 7 p.m. for that makes sense. Shut up. <laughs> Hate logic. <laughs> Logic's stupid. Logic is stupid. Logic pisses me off. Because it goes against your emotions. Yeah, eight days a week. It makes me mad. Don't you know emotions are the only way to do things? <laughs> I like to think irrationally. Okay. That's really fun. It's really, it's high highs and low lows. Like when you think irrationally, your highs are amazing. And your lows are devastating? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't sound so fun, though. I know. I just thought of my lows. <laughs> they suck. <laughs> well, that was awkward. I used to love the rain. Now I kind of hate the rain. Hmm. Just because of a low low. Yeah. Just because of a low low. Right after a Rajai Davis home run, too. I hate Chapman. <laughs> Actually, I kind of love Chapman. You I kind of love Joe Madden, too. God. Just for both kind of sucking at their jobs. You're job. an enigma. Just for kind of sucking at their jobs. You're an enigma. Really? Yeah. Is it just me? You're Yeah. Hence enigma. You're unique. Ooh. I think we call those unicorns. <laughs> is that a high high now? That is a high high. When the glass, when you're trying to figure out if the glass is half full or half empty, just fill it to the top. <laughs> like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. The what glass we, is full. Yeah. Why do we have to have this conversation? Yeah. Or just drink it. Then the glass is empty. And then you refill it. Yeah. 
Well, because I think the glass empty is like rock bottom. Or it just means you just finished a deli- delicious beverage. I'd rather just fill the beverage to the top. Yeah, that's fine too. I guess you can. Well, if you get halfway, you should slam it and then fin- fill it to the top. That's what I'm saying. You just had a delicious beverage. You finished it. But guess what? There's more. I can't tell you how many times I've done that with beer. You, like, fill it to the top of the glass. You take some sips, and you're like, man, this is good. I'm really enjoying this. And then you look, and you're like, man, it's only half full. Slam. <laughs> Refill. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, no, no, none at all. But you do it anyway. None at all. Speaking of that, New Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow at Faux. Yes. Thursdays at Faux, as they always do. Oktoberfest. What did we talk about today? Oktoberfest. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I already forgot. Oktoberfest. Well, you know, I got a lot going on in my life. That's not <laughs> baseball, true. I remembered. Beer. Baseball. Baseball. Beer. Are we going to talk about that Acuna stuff? What Acuna Today stuff? stuff? The fact that he showed up, that pitcher, and that strike was completely out of the zone, and the ump was like, yeah, I'm calling that a strike. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But then he hit a grand slam the next pitch. I hate that. I like the dude, but I hate that. <laughs> it's like you showed up that pitcher so bad you deserve. Like, that's worse than an Angel Hernandez call. Whoa. That ball was, like, at his eyeballs. And the ump was like, uh, you stepped away? That's a strike. I, and no one argued it. Everyone was like, yeah, that guy's a douche. I um, I know we would have to talk about all four series today because they're all over, sadly. Well, we don't have to talk about Brewers-Rockies. We don't have to. Well, we should. But, and we don't have to talk about Dodgers Braves because, frankly, it wasn't very interesting. We don't have to talk about but Indians that was interesting. Astros either. We don't have to. We don't have to actually talk about any of these. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is some of the worst division series I've ever watched. Mm. You might be right. It's bad. Maybe that's a segment. Yeah. Can you tell we prepped? Yeah, I don't know. I'm <laughs> lost now. Shout yeah, out to we- the uh, texter on the Better You Today text line, 55305. Thanks for explaining drinking liquid. Anytime. <laughs> Beers on us drops every Thursday at four. That's one of our big station P1s. <laughs> He's joshing you. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just got to talk playoffs today. We got, we've watched a lot of baseball over the last week. It feels weird today not seeing baseball and we don't get baseball tomorrow either. It's kind of strange. It's stupid. Yeah. Everybody's like, October's so great. It's football and baseball playoffs and basketball's about to start. Hockey gets going. We were sitting earlier and we were like, man. Today's a rough day in sports. Today was Blazers preseason <laughs> and Vegas Capitals on NBCSN. No, that's a cool game. Yeah, but not everybody's a game. not everybody's a hockey fan. I have nothing against hockey, but I'm not a hockey fan. Yeah, I'm just that was our those were our choice. I was watching guys grocery games during prime time until I found out hockey was on. Yeah, I don't even know what we're watching on this TV, but I'm gonna look for a bad movie. Uh, the Blazers are on. I'm gonna look for a bad movie. <laughs> okay, minus Turner, CJ, Dame. Whatever. I don't know. Miss Doubtfire's on. Oakley Dougley. Shark well, Tank is on. We're going to talk about baseball today, I promise. Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, I saw on. that movie. It sucks really bad. It's really good until about the last 15 minutes, and you're like, ah. Kai's Grocery Games is still on. That's why everybody thinks this sucks. <laughs> uh, so we got a lot of playoff, Ooh, playoff baseball free. to talk about. Ooh, that's a good movie. No. Well, it's, it's not great. It's not but a good movie. It's better than most. Uh, we got a lot of baseball playoffs to talk about today. We'll get into that throughout the entire show. We have uh, story time with Uncle Patrick at 745. I've got a great one Daddy's that, you, home. that you guys might remember at 845. Thank you, Joe. Uh, I still don't know what time this show is on, but I'm working on it. Can you tell that we prepped? 
And we have Fair or Foul at 9.30, as we always do. Uh, so we'll get into that as well. But first, when we come back, yeah, they, were, they played baseball in the Bronx last night. Kind of. We did. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Uh, we'll start. I'm we'll trying st- to remain positive, okay? We'll, we'll start Red Sox Yankees next. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter. Mike's at Mike Lynch 27. You can find me at PDD085. There's our fantastic producer, Mr. Joe Fisher, Joe Fish 3. That's F I S C H. You can also find me on Instagram at PDD085 as well. There's the Better You Today text line, 55305. That bad boy lets you interact with us throughout the entire show. When we come back, trouble in the Bronx. This is Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. It's 817 here. This is the Hot Corner. A lot of action going on, you know, as we approach the American League Championship Series. But the last week we were on, we were going with uh, wild card stuff. Right? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Because Wednesday was the day of Yankees A's. Yes. And we got on the air when it was basically over. Boy, wasn't that a fun game. (laughs) I mean, yes, it was for me and other Yankees fans, but not a fun game in general. No, 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 no. I mean, I would argue that there was one tiebreaker game and one wild card game that were worth a damn. Cubs, Brewers, and Cubs, Rockies? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, can we talk about that for just a hot second before we get into this Red Sox thing? The Cubs, you had you had to win one game. You just had to win one game, and you couldn't do it. Nope. What a bunch of losers. You lost twice instead. And Chris Bryant didn't sign a mega deal? You guys are losers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't, we don't need Chris Bryant. We'll get Bryce Harper. Everyone else in the league is like... <laughs> I'll have Bryce Harper. <laughs> No, on Chris Bryant. I'm sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not going to sign Chris Bryant? You want Bryce Harper? Cool, dude. (laughs) Chris. Chris. Hello. We like you here. We're San Diego. Trust me. Yeah. (laughs) We have have Eric Hosmer. (laughs) Will Myers is here. I like surfing. I'm going to San Diego. (laughs) What's that line in Jerry Maguire? I'll either surf or ski, bro. Clayton Richards still has a career here. He'll have one forever. I had Clayton Richards on the fantasy team for a minute. <laughs> Instantly regretted. <laughs> Instantly regretted. Anyway, uh, I think the most important, most important, I think hottest story we got to talk about here, and this has nothing to do with the fact that you're here, Mike, and I'm trying really hard not to pile on you, which I won't do because I'm actually curious about a lot of stuff, uh, is Red Sox-Yankees ends last night. Uh in game, what was that, game four? Correct. Uh, the Red Sox jumped out to an early lead. The Yanks put up some serious drama in the ninth. I was working the tap room last night, and everyone was glued to it. No, like I was like, hey, man, do you want a beer? And they were like, shut up, I'm watching the game. I was like, okay, got it. I'll just pour myself a beer. <laughs> and we were glued to it because it was high drama. It was very good. Uh, the Yankees fall short. Red Sox win 4-3. Runners on at the end of the game, blah, 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 blah. I think... We will touch on some aspects that happened in the game last night, but I kind of want some overall reactions of the series in general because I think there were a lot of grander things that went on in the series that were kind of exploited in last night's game. 
And well, I'm curious. I'm, I almost don't even know where to start. I've got about three things I want to bring up, but I'm not quite sure where to start because hot take, I still don't think the Red Sox are that good. I think the Yankees made the Red Sox look good. I still don't think they're that great. I think the Yankees just kind of did not show up. Well, there's a couple of things. One, I disagree with that. But one is it's easy to forget that the Yankees were an 100-win team and finished eight games out of first place. Mm -hmm. So for those who were surprised by the fact that the series ended like it did, just remember the Red Sox won 108 games and they had an eight-game lead over an 100-win team in their division. I am not surprised that the Red Sox won. I am just more surprised at how bad the Yankees played. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. Um, Number two, Alex Cora destroyed Aaron Boone in terms of managerial strategy, which I'm sure you'll love to hear because you hate Aaron Boone. It's not that I hate Aaron Boone. I just don't like bad managers and he which we'll get to as well he oftentimes left his starter in too long i thought cora was fantastic cora Um, made the right moves at the right time after game two he changed his lineup to include guys like christian vasquez and brock holt and what did you see brock holt hit the first ever postseason cycle vasquez hit a couple of home Uh, runs there's an asterisk on that when you hit your home run off of a catcher there's a little bit of an asterisk but it still happened so that was b and then c to your final point there because you texted me this during the game yesterday and you said, this really surprises me. And I said, it shouldn't because as someone who watched 95% of Yankee games this year, almost all of them, the Yankees could not hit in September, except for the last week of the season. And when they get cold, they get cold. And when they don't hit home runs, they lose. The Yankees' offense is purely based on home runs. Yeah, I would agree with that. When they don't hit home runs, they lose. The Red Sox singled the Yankees to death in the last two games. They did. It was single, single, walk, fielder's choice, single, double, one home run, single, single, single. It was just like it was just getting pricked to death by a needle. And that works better in the playoffs when it's high stress every moment. And if you swing for the fences, you're going to get exposed. So that's what happened. The Yankees' only game they won – Aaron Judge home run, Gary Sanchez two home runs. And the wild card game, Aaron yeah. Judge home run, Stanton home run. Might have been one more too. Aaron Judge played well. Aaron Judge is great, especially in the playoffs. He's insane in the playoffs. Yeah. But the rest of the team did not. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily just the offense. Um, I don't Tanaka know. played well too. I, I, I don't have the actual numbers in front of me uh, to know really what. But every time one of these vaulted bullpen pitchers came in, I was uneasy. You know, it wasn't like somebody came in and I said, oh, this guy's in? Oh, okay. They'll shut him down. You didn't feel that? I kind of felt like the opposite of that. The only one who ever scared me was Britain, and he has since we got him. But yeah, I, 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 I say we because I'm fair. a Yankees fan, remember, since the Yankees got him. I, I think Britain was a, was a failed experiment. But Batanza's pitched well. But uh, he, but I guess Robertson I, pitched well. I guess my Chapman thought well. is I guess my thought is is when those guys came in, I did not feel super confident that they were going to get the job done, and that might be a microcosm of the offense struggling and especially the starters struggling. Because I was confident, okay, about those guys. The only one I wasn't confident in was Chad Green and Zach Britton, and they proved it. Boy, Britton sucks, and Green did not pitch well either. God, Britton might be done. Like Cody Allen, uh, he might be. I mean, he's gonna—he's not gonna be resigned, obviously. But 
Um, someone will give him a chance. He might be like Greg Holland done. One more chance and have like a nine ERA and then be gone. Um, so I, I I didn't feel that way. What, what It was very simple to me. The Red Sox have a very, very relentless lineup. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quit. One through nine. And that's why I say single to death. Well, and once you get it, once you get out of the heavy hitters, you still got to deal with Xander Bogarts and then Benatiendi and whole. I don't know exactly what the lineup is trotted out every day necessarily, but yeah, you got your mashers, your bets, your JD Martinez, uh, but then even Jackie Bradley Jr. had a decent season and or de- decent series, and he's batting like eighth or ninth. Yeah, he's batting ninth. Yeah, and the other thing too, and I, I don't want to harp on this too much because I feel like. It was bad in the regular season. It wasn't that bad in the postseason. It just made it more eye-opening. Gary Sanchez did not have a bad defensive series, but the Red Sox catchers had an an incredible defensive series. Mm -hmm. They stopped everything. In game one, when the Yankees were coming back on the bullpen, Boston bullpen, who had no confidence early, Sandy Leone blocked like seven balls in one inning with the bases loaded. That would have been the game, the winning runs for the Yankees right there and changed the whole series because they won game two because David Price can't pitch against them. So the defensive catching of Vasquez played well too was elite for the Red Sox. And it not that Sanchez played poorly, but it, it opened the eyes to, wow, that was a big difference maker right there too. Yeah. Like you can't even give Sanchez credit because the other guys are dominating him. Yeah. Even though he's playing better than you would normally think. Well, and frankly, the Red Sox defense played great yeah. all across the board. And the Yankees defense has always has been a little shaky this year. Red Sox defense hasn't, and it showed it right there. And that, that was kind of the thing is, the Red Sox obviously have some weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. Their bullpen, although pitching well at the end of the series, is hot garbage. Mm-hmm. It really is not good. The fact that you had to bring Rick Porcello into game one shows just how bad Chris the bullpen Sale is. into game four. Yeah. Although that was a smart move. Great move by Alex Cora. Because you had nobody else yeah. to bring Chris Sale in. Um, so that was number one. Their their bullpen is awful. And part of their rotation is not very good, or at least it's, it's inconsistent and scary. Mm-hmm. Like, Sale pitched great but he still has a bad track record in the playoffs. Price can't pitch in the playoffs. Porcello has a history of pitching poorly in the playoffs, but he pitched very well as well. Um, Evaldi pitched well. So th- those are, there are some questions. Right. But fielding, great. Base running speed, great. Great. Hitting, great. Managing, great. Great. They've got four of the six things, and the other two are good enough that it, this series basically went, that's why the Red Sox won 108 games. They're not just offense. They're not just pitching. They're basically a five-tool team. Well, before, I want to say this, which kind of transitions into the next bigger, broader topic that I want to do, and I kind of just want to finish on this. We'll go to break and come back at that, is I think the Yankees' biggest failure in this series, and I know people say, oh, why are you talking about the Yankees' bad things and the Red Sox not going to stop? I think the biggest thing is that the weaknesses of the Red Sox the Yankees did zero to exploit. You just said it. Porcello hasn't pitched well. Price hasn't pitched well. The bullpen's atrocious. And the Yankees did absolutely nothing to exploit that. They got to Price in game two. Fine. Rick Porcello in his 13, now 14 playoff starts in his not counting yesterday, in his 12 of his 13 starts, he has lost with a 5-5 ERA. And he goes out there and looks like Max Scherzer. Yep. Like, and the fact that you can't get to any guy. Like, look at game three. 
Look at game three. Now, game three got out of hand, obviously, because of Severino and all that stuff. But they're bringing in guys I've never even heard of. And the Yankees can't do anything to this quote-unquote garbage bullpen. Well, here's the so thing. So your starters are questionable. Your bullpen is garbage. And the Yankees never once, okay, once exploited that in four games. And that was David Price. Um, and I think that is the larger concern. Is that it's not just that that their hitting wasn't very good and Boone got outmanaged and blah, blah, blah. I think when you go into a game, no matter what sport you're in, look at football. Why is Belichick so great? Because he says, this is what we're good at. This is what they're bad at. More importantly, we're going to exploit what they're bad at. And I think the Yankees never once touched on that. I do think one thing, and I know we have to break, the Yankees did touch on it in game one but they didn't do enough. The Red Sox bullpen came in not ready to pitch in the playoffs, and the Yankees chipped away and chipped away and chipped away after they pulled Chris Sale. Multiple times had many runners on base and did not get the big hit to put them over the top. Once that happened, Brazier and uh, Workman and Barnes had the confidence that they could mm-hmm. get out of it. Yeah. The rest of the series, those guys played great. Last night, Kimbrell was completely lost. We're seeing that on the text line right now, 55305. They exploited Kimbrell last night, but not enough to win. Right. Exactly. Should have thrown a full beer. Well, it's the same thing that happened in game one. They exploited it, but not enough to win. Oh. There were some bad at-bats in there, mostly Oof. Stanton in that one. Sanchez is, was bad, decent, and then... And then he got the sack fly. Yeah. But it was just... That's what happened, is the Yankees did exploit it, but they couldn't put the final foot down... And I honestly do think the Yankees could have won this series. I do too. But once game one ended the way it did, it kind of made me nervous that if that was as close as they could get against that bullpen, they might win a game and they did against Price. They weren't going to be able to do it. I'll leave on this note and then we'll go to break real quick and then I'm going to bring up the ugly elephant in the room. Uh, I had people in the bar last night saying, if the Yankees come back and win this game, they're winning the World Series. And I heard that and was like, whoa, 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 over exact. Hey, maybe not so much. I mean, they would have won those series. I don't know. For sure, they would have won those series. If they had come back to win that, there's no way the Red Sox come back from that momentum. No way. But beating the Astros again? Hmm. Well, I mean, not again. Playing them again and beating them? I don't know about that. Boy, the Astros look good. We'll talk about them at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. But when we come back, I will address the ugly elephant in the room. And not to pile on Mike, but just to kind of, well, real quick, tell him that I was right. But first, here's Joe with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. It's 8.36 here, as I promise, I will not pile on, but I got some serious questions I got to ask, and I want to get right into it. We're talking Red Sox-Yankees. The end of that series, kudos to the Red Sox for getting through into the ALCS, which I pray, pray, pray to sweet, tiny, infant, baby Jesus, still learning your shapes and colors, that this is a good series. However, I don't think so. Uh, The question I have to ask, Michael, is, and this was asked on the text line, the Better You Today text line, 55305. I'm going to give you the floor. And I need to really understand how on earth you can convince me that Aaron Boone is the manager of the Yankees. Wait, what? Yeah, I want to know. 
How can you justify Aaron Boone continuing to be the manager of the oh, oh, oh. of the Yankees? Oh, okay, I see. All um, right, not why they hired him, but after you've seen this season, these playoffs, these in-game situations, if I were Hank Steinbrenner, if I were Brian Cashman, if I was, you know, Joe on the corner, I'm getting rid of Aaron Boone. Um, well, first of all, it's one year. And it's his first year ever managing. And so, I, don't, I don't necessarily need you to defend, I guess. I just want to hear I'm not some, defending. I, I want to hear some rational thought because I'm irrational about this. Well, that's my rational thought. It's one year. We cannot make a, a judgment about a manager after one year, especially when it's first. His it is his first year ever managing. What about uh, Alex Cora? Right. But there are learning curves for everybody. And guess what Alex Cora was doing the last six years, being on a bench staff. Fair. Aaron Boone was working in TV. So... Let's give him a little time, work out some kinks, work out some decision-making processes, all that kind of stuff. That I can give you. So let's not forget that it is his first year. Okay. The other thing, too, is let's not forget the Yankees still won 100 games this year. Okay. And that can't just all be attributed to the players and none to the manager. The manager did something that got them to 100 games, whether it was in the clubhouse, whether it was being a person who they could talk to and maybe someone who could motivate them or whatever, some of that is should be credited to him. Now, what I can't really defend is he has a weird leash on his pitchers, especially in this series. He left guys in way too long, and he did it in the regular season too, or after an iffy inning that, say, like Severino would get out of, he would put Severino back in the next inning because he got out of it. Inevitably, he would give up a walk and two hits and then take him out with bases loaded. And it's like, well, take him out in the fifth then. You don't need to You don't need to go through this at all. So he is not great at that. I do think he's actually pretty good at setting a lineup. Uh, moving Giancarlo Stanton around early in the season got him warmed up, got used to being Yankee. He started off way too high, moved him down to six or seven. He got hot, moved him to two. He played well there. Uh, putting McCutcheon at the leadoff spot, I thought was really, really strange, but he walked like 60% of the time. So it worked out in that sense. Um, I think those are reasons to keep him around. However, after seeing this mentally, I have a much shorter leash on him long-term. And I know from what I've seen on social media, Yankee fans are livid at two people, Aaron Boone, Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. And we can get to Giancarlo at some point as well. Uh, I want to stick with Aaron Boone on this. My retort to this, now it is it is no surprise to anybody that listens to this show, and if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, hello, welcome to our show. We've been here for five years. Um, I, do not, I do not love Aaron Boone in this situation. Um, my retort on setting a lineup uh, with that much talent, I'm pretty sure little Joey in the booth can set that Yankees lineup. And my number two thing is I just... I is Ty Lue a good coach in basketball? Is Ty Lue a great basketball coach? I don't I know, know because we, LeBron was the coach. Of I that know team. we said this about Eric Spolstra, but I'm pretty sure Eric Spolstra has proven that he's a good coach. Ty Lue, eh, not so much. I don't think Aaron Boone has any clue what he is doing in this situation. And when you talk about the short leash on pitchers. I don't even know if he knows what a leash is. Well, he has a long leash on pitchers. Well, I'm sorry, a long leash on pitchers. I don't even know if he knows what a leash is. The man looked so lost, and he looked to his bench coaches, and they didn't know what to tell him. And because of that, if I'm a Yankee fan, I am scared 
to death. Because I know at the beginning of this season, I said that this Yankee team has 96 written all over it. Sneak into the playoffs, go on a run. Not sneak in, but get into the playoffs, go on a run, get a favorable matchup in the World Series, which is still on the cards right now, and win a World Series and start a dynasty. And this team looks like it's taken a year and a half step back. I feel with Aaron Boone at the helm that this team is nowhere near. I don't think Severino, Tanaka, J-Hap, even the pickups of Lance Lynn and old Sabathia, I don't think that's a terrible staff. But, boy, Aaron Boone makes them look a lot worse than they actually are. Because he leaves them in too long. Yeah. That's a, that's his biggest critique for me is that he does not know when to take his starter out. Which is the scariest thing ever. That should be – if you don't know, you should be leaning on your pitching coach. And if your pitching coach is telling you to pull this guy and you're not, that's on you. And if your pitching coach is telling you, oh, yeah, leave him in, it'll be fine, that's on him. Either way, you both are idiots. I just think I've never seen a manager with this much talent blow it this hard. Well, I think the problem, too, is that this year with how good the Yankees bullpen was and how many good arms they had, you could very easily have taken any of those starters out in the third. That's but that's what I've been fine, because what happened when Jay Happ got taken out of game one? They didn't give up a run the rest of the way. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't mean to sound like armchair quarterback and the guy yelling at the TV. Oh, I could do this, too. You know, I made the joke that little Joey could set that lineup. But I mean, it, it you have you have seven guys in your bullpen that are tier two, tier one. You know, how many times did Chapman pitch in this series? Twice. Yeah, in four games. And I just I just think the bullpen was mismanaged. The starters are left in too long. And also, how does Aaron Boone not talk to his guys in the bottom of the ninth and say, hey, we're bases loaded. Gary Sanchez, get a base hit. Don't swing for the fences. Hey, Giancarlo, they're going to throw you away and low every time. And if I see you swing at that, you owe me 20 push-ups. You know, like how is none of this being communicated with the guys? Well, here's not the to thing. Mention, not to mention the rumors swirling around game three of Severino, Severino being late, Brett Gardner with no actual cleats on, and the rumor is, is that nobody knew the actual start time of the game. That is absolutely irresponsible and uncalled for and should never fly. If that is my manager, I'm with Yankee fan. I, as a fan of baseball, I want Aaron Boone out. But then what ran over, but then what go find somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. Clearly Aaron Boone doesn't know what he's doing, but it's a crap. Alex Rodriguez would be a better manager than him. It's an A-bomb from A-Rod. Here's the thing that was uncalled for. I apologize. Here's the thing. I honestly think that Aaron Boone is the right guy for the job in terms of all of the stuff that you didn't mention there. We've talked about this before. I think the in the clubhouse stuff, I think he is very good at. You cannot manage a team for too long with players who despise you. And from what we heard, the players hated Joe Girardi. I'm not I'm not sticking up for Girardi. I know. I'm just saying. I did like Girardi, though. Well, I did, too. Every, every Yankee fan did because he's a former Yankee. You get it, right? Yeah. Um, so in that sense, by all accounts, he's been great in the clubhouse. He needs to work out the kinks of being a manager when he never has been a coach before and in Major League Baseball ever. He went right to TV from right, playing. Right, right. So he needs to work out that. 
He needs to learn his systems of using his bench coach or using his pitching coach or whatever. And that's why I'm willing willing to give him two or three years because guess what? This Yankee team is really good, and they can cover up some of his faults as well. They could even win a World Series with some of his faults, guaranteed. So give him some time to learn. If he still continues to have issues, then drop him. I guess but I don't want to fire a guy after one year. I guess they won 100 games. I guess where this Yankee team is now, I have zero patience to have a manager learn how to play. You know what I mean? Like, this team could have won a World Series this year. Could have. If they had a manager. But that I don't think Aaron Boone makes that much of a difference in that sense because this year the American League is stupid. It's got three 100-plus win teams. It's got four teams. That's how it's been. Right. Sure, the A's were cute, but nobody actually thought they were going on a run. Right. But what I'm saying is any of those four teams could have won the World Series this year. So I'm not putting that on the manager. RJ RJ just texts in right now on the Better You Today text line 55305. Being the manager of the Yankees is not the place to learn how to do the job. That's what the minor leagues are for. I could not agree with that more. I'd rather see Buck Showalter in this job. And maybe actually get him a ring he deserves. <laughs> I wouldn't mind Buck Showalter. I, <laughs> I mean, like maybe what, what's Lou doing? What what not Lou, but uh, uh, what's Joe Torre doing right now? Can we get Joe Torre in here? Because <laughs> he would do it. Some big big haunch on the MLB. <laughs> I just mean I get it that Girardi might have run out of time, and his 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 style may not fit this team. I'm not advocating for Girardi. Frankly, I, just, I don't I don't think it fits MLB anymore. I just don't. We learned from Mike Matheny. I know, and Joe Madden's kind of dying too. Um, I just don't think that this is the time to teach someone how to manage for this ball club. I agree with that, but this is the situation the Yankees are in now. Well, I get I, out of it. Well, you can get out of it. I don't think money's not an option. I don't think Brian Cashman thought it would be this way. And hell, maybe I'm completely wrong. I would love if Cashman came out and was like, whoops. Maybe I maybe I'm just giving him too much of a benefit of the doubt and his idea or Cashman's idea or whatever is not right on how to manage a team. And maybe it's just that was his philosophy and it sucks. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I want to because I like him, even cool. though a lot of other Yankee fans don't. I can't wait for Big John to come on at the end of the season. We talk a little more about the end of the Yankees. Kudos to the Red Sox, I guess. I mean, I don't like those guys, but whatever. I know you're not going to fight me on that one. When we come back, we have story time. Them. Story time with Uncle Patrick. I'll try to make it short so we can get back on the clock. And then in the second hour, we'll get to, uh, you know, Astros, Indians, and we got the National League to get to as well. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. It's time to take a trip down memory lane. This is Story Time with Uncle Patrick, a look back on some of the most unusual events around America's pastime. In the bottom of the 10th, when Bill Mazeroski slammed the four-bagger to end the game and the series with victory for the Pirates. Beat revenge. A Cinderella story of baseball, and the hometown fans went berserk with joy. And forgotten stories from the major leagues. And that's the story of Mike Matheny and the bird poop. Gather round, folks. It's story time with Uncle Patrick on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back, and this is story time with Uncle Patrick. Uh, and I want to do playoff editions as we've been trying to do for the last uh, week or so. Mike, give me a, 
Give me the old clapper, Woo! Yeah, everybody's real happy for Patrick around here these days. <laughs> that uh, does make me happy for Patrick. <laughs> um, I wanted. I always want to tell playoff stories. I think other parts of Patrick were happy. Well, it's during the playoffs, and well, I know we just got done with the Yankees, and I don't want to talk too much about the Yankees, but it's hard to get through great playoff stories without talking about Yankees. We did Joe Carter last remember, week. Remember, Patrick picks these, not me. I do pick these. Um, and I was chatting with my buddy Tyler, and he was telling me about this, and I'd completely forgot about this. And then, like always, I researched some more into it, and this gets really, really crazy. I love how every baseball story we've done so far has been like, oh, that'll be fun. Oh, my God. Oh, this one's going to do it for you as well. I want to talk about the 1999 World Series, which be the New York Yankees against the Atlanta Braves. That was the most forgettable of all of them for me. Which is crazy because it's the biggest matchup. You got the team of the 90s, the Braves, quote unquote, against the dynasty. Why did you say that so mocking? Well, because the, the Braves. Because Yan- the Yankees won in 96, 98, 99, and 2000. They're like, team of the decade of the 90s is the Atlanta Braves. And you're like, eh. Yankees were really bad in the early 90s. Yeah, but they were winning everything in the late <laughs> 90s. Anyway, I want to talk about a man named Chad Curtis. For a moment. I do remember Chad Curtis. Uh, Chad Curtis, who is a basically a nobody. He and Shane Spencer. Uh, big home run hitters for like one month. Yep, yep. He uh, kind of played. He played in 99 games in the 99 season. Funny enough. Hit 262 with five home runs and 24 RBIs. Played in all three games of the ALDS. Scored run, run, despite not recording any hits. Blah, blah, blah. He scored a run, stole a base. Again, without recording a hit in the ALCS. But in the 99 World Series, he hits a walk-off home run in Game 3 against the Braves. It was the second home run of the game. Pretty crazy, right? Mm -hmm. When immediately following the home run, he is approached by the then-NBC broadcaster, the infamous Jim Gray, uh, who wanted to interview Chad Curtis. Okay. Curtis basically refused to talk to him. Now, before the game, the MLB... Uh, toted out their all-century team, and they had all the the best living players of the 1900s come out to commemorate 100 years of baseball. Uh, and even though nobody, even though people told him not, told Jim Gray not to do this, he conducted an interview with Pete Rose about gambling at the time pete had not that's the famous jim gray interview pete Pete had not admitted to gambling at the time he was just there to celebrate baseball i think pete was just lucky to be in the stadium Mm -hmm. at the time because mlb had basically said you go away you can't do anything and when jim gray asked chad curtis about the home run curtis told him quote i can't do it as a team we kind of decided because of what happened with pete we're not going to talk out here on the field and it was kind of like a baseball player's, like, pact. A code. Yeah, a code. Like, you crapped on Pete, and they told you not to do it, and you still did it. And so because of that, we don't want to talk to you. Joe Torre refuted it, said, you know, he there was no effort in the clubhouse, blah, blah, blah. And Curtis acted alone. But it, I'm, I'm sure they all got together. And oh, we're for like, sure. And we're like, F, F Jim Gray. I didn't know this. I didn't know that this happened. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I don't know it either until I went back and looked at it, and he's just looking at him like, hey, man, it's not even like he's like, F you, dude, or I hate you. I'm not. And he was like, hey, man. I, My I, hands are tied. He's like, I can't talk to you. You know, you send anybody else up here, I'll talk to them. But 
I just hit a I just hit a walk off home run in the, in the world in the World Series, but I can't talk to you. So I thought that was kind of crazy. Now this stuff gets even crazier. Well, not this situation, but Chad Curtis's career gets even more nuts after this. Well, it was basically over in '99, right? Basically, that is his essentially the last thing he ever did of note until we get to what he's doing right now. Uh, he was basically traded because he, let's see, during his playing time in New York, he was known as, quote, for his more of his aggressive uh, moral re- reprobation than anything he did on the field. He had publicly scolded Derek Jeter in front of teammates and reporters, both near the dugout and in his locker room, for fraternizing with then-Seattle Mariners shortstop Alex Rodriguez, uh, saying that Jeter did not know how to play the game. Oh, so he's saying you can't talk to other teams. He also scolded Jeter. So he's that baseball guy. And he also told Jeter that he needed to attend chapel Mm. because he was a religious guy. Not only that baseball guy, he's that guy. Yep. Quote, Curtis said, quote, if I have something that I believe is the truth and it's necessary for other people to come to some type of recognition or grip of that truth, then I want to share it. On December 13th, the Yankees traded him to the Texas Rangers for two dudes you've never heard of. A Yankee official said Chad just couldn't stay around any longer because that act gets tired. Once he became comfortable here, he became a preacher and it ran its course. Also, in 99, Jeter is a god at that point. Yep. He's not just a young kid. He is now part of your core four, right? Correct. So to do that is a bad idea. So he plays for the Rangers, blah, blah, blah. Then he's out of the league by 2001. But he has been known, he calls himself a Bible-believing Christian. So, you know, he never drank alcohol, didn't swear, which is totally fine. If that's the walk of life you want to do, nobody is going to, uh, you know, critique you for that. He chastised teammates for missing chapel, listening to explicit rap, and even watching the Jerry Springer television show. (laughs) Okay? Would you like to care to guess where chad curtis is right now uh i'm sorry to do this to you you looked it up no when i looked him up to look up his stats the first picture was he was in jail oh yeah do you know what he's in jail for i don't know what he's in jail for so in uh chad curtis in 2013 was convicted of sexually assaulting three underage girl students while he was a volunteer weight room strength trainer in Lake Odessa, Michigan, and is currently serving seven to fifteen years in prison as a felon. Mm. Love to say that I'm surprised, but after hearing that stuff, not that surprised. Isn't that wild? All I want to do is talk about my buddy was like, he was like, oh, you remember when Chad Curtis wouldn't talk to Jim Gray? And I was like, oh, I do. He was like, yeah, let's look up. Let's see what he said to him. I can't remember what he said. And I looked it up. And then you scroll and you're like, oh, my God, he's a sexual predator. <laughs> and he's a Christian. Uh-oh. Well, that was the thing is I I looked him up to get the stat. And the first picture on the right was his uh, his mugshot. And I went, oh, there's Chad Curtis. Yeah. I mean, Lenny really Dykstra, the movie, by the way. Lenny Dykstra, high on coke and meths and terrorist threats, sounds a little better than Chad Curtis right about now. Well, he also is going to prison. Well, I know, but I mean, I'd rather a drug user than, you know, assault, sexually assaulting underage women. True. Did you hear us on primetime play Lenny Dykstra putting carpet down video? <laughs> no. It was so stupid. Joe, could you pull it up? It's Lenny Dykstra. 
uh, video or, or audio that I had for primetime. It's just, it's uh, SF7 4K for the those behind the scene. It's in Ooh, there somewhere. We getting, getting classy back here. It's at the end of that range somewhere. It is so funny because he just starts off like, I'm putting carpet down. Look at how cool I am. And then he just gets like weirdly motivational for no reason. And then starts cursing at the camera. And he's super loaded on probably 17 different things at the time. And uh, it's there if you want to go listen to it. You got it? Oh, we're still looking. Yeah, we do got a break. I'll leave it on this. Um, but we could play it too. Also, <laughs> also uh, in the fall of 06, he was the athletic director at another high school in Michigan. And uh, he was fired without public explanation in the late fall of 20, 2009. Hmm. Good, uh, good person, yeah. that Chad Curtis. Yeah, that Chad Curtis. Well, I guess since Joe won't let us play it now... <laughs> The, 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 we'll play it next. The criminal sexual conduct convictions about him. We on could Wiki have played it while Patrick continued to do this, Joe. On Wikipedia is bigger than his playing career. <laughs> anyway, that's wild. When we come back, uh, we'll that try was to a minute and a half, by the dive way. into the, uh, I don't know, the other American League series. And that, we're going to play Lenny Dykstra sucks, audio. And we're going to play Lenny Dykstra audio at the top of the hour. But we got to get out of here. This is the Hot Corner, 10 the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 